and I obviously must took a detour. Don't remember how, don't remember why. And I just remember kind of shaking myself while I was standing in the middle of the road with cars beating me. And I sat, I got up onto kind of a green and sat and I, I just bawled my eyes out. But no one really noticed. And I just felt so alone and so kind of... Good morning, good afternoon, good evening everyone. You are listening to Don't Be Afraid to Talk podcast with James. If you are listening for the first time, you are welcome. Talking and listening is key for growth and I hope our stories will bring us together and we can draw inspiration from each other. Conversation will include topics such as mental and physical health, trauma and its effect, suicidal thoughts, recovery and well-being. We will continue to raise awareness and offer a different perspective a mindset or an idea that could inspire you to take charge of your well-being and to grow as a human being. Thank you for joining us today. This evening I will be talking to David who is going to share with you his story through depression and how he's been able to overcome it. If you're listening, have an open mind and we hope you can learn something from this episode. Hi David, how are you? I'm Grant, how are you my friend? Thanks for having me on. Thank you, I'm great. Would you believe we're doing this on Friday evening? How times have changed. <laughs> I know, some people out on the, on the beer or, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, David, do you mind just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Dave. I'm a founder of David Dove Photography. Um, kind of a work I've done with kind of bands that people know from. Um, yeah, I had a pretty, I want to say, crazy year and a half. Um, battling severe depression. Um, an attempt to take my own life, a contemplation of taking my own life, and just going through the stages with PA the house and where I am now, which is a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Before we kick off, Dave, we're just going to play a quick game, one for one. The way it works is I'll give you a word and you say the first one that comes to your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most difficult questions <laughs> I'll ask you today. <laughs> okay. Um, the first word is relationship. Mm. Happiness. Running. Exciting. Therapy. Can be really needed at times. Love. Can be full of excitement and adventure. And last one, sunset. Perfect to photograph. <laughs> you always get a good photos. Yeah, sorry. That that's that part done. So we're just gonna uh, I'll go back here. How was things for you um growing up? It's like anything else, isn't it? It's 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 always a tough question to ask with this one. Is I'd say, um, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say like normal shot. You know, things growing up, as you say, um, mm. was I don't want to say too chaotic because it wasn't. Um, you know yourself, you go through. Unfortunately, you're bullying and you're you're teasing now when you're in school and now, but um, mm. I'm not gonna say I had a bad childhood. I didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, um. I kind of grew up in a family where I support, you know, you support Liverpool because it's your your big brother, your big sibling supports them, so you're kind of your mates to support them. <laughs> so that's what you're I can't given. Be saying much now, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. Other than that, I it's not a lot I can kind of really say bad from you know. Yeah, and and how did you get into photography? Um, it's always something I've had a keen interest in. Before my nanny passed away, my nanny was always big into it. She always loved taking pictures of grandkids or just things in general. And I guess I kind of adapted that over the years as well. You know, um, taking pictures on the phone or small little, you know, the little mm. bridge pocket cameras and things like that. And then a gradual then, I got my first camera then 11 years, 11, 11 and a half, 12 years ago. And um, I got into the small things and then I had that kind of interest in doing the gigs and I done like a small uh, mm. pub gig with a band called oh, Skid Lizzy, or a, tri- a Tin Lizzy trivia band. And this has gone back well over 11 years ago. And mm. I got talking to someone else who was like, oh, yeah. you fancy photographing another band and it, in the button factory like, the following week. I said, oh, you know, a good experience. And I mean, at that time, I was like, ah, sure, why not? It turned mm. out to be the 
Republican loose. Okay. And <laughs> funny enough, the manager who was looking after them was then doing a separate night the next night with the Coronas. He's like, I we fancy come back now. I, I kind of didn't know much about them at that time. Mm. And the photographing them and then fast forward years later, I photographed them in some of the biggest venues in the country. So it's kind of a strange thing now, how it all happened to then yeah. going through a stage of... You just went into one and before you know it, you into the next and the next. Yeah. And, and then 11 years, over 3,000 concerts. Um, Every major venue in Ireland. I've been to the UK. I've toured with different bands. So it's yeah been a weird roller coaster. That sounds exciting. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. And uh, how has the last two years been for you? Um, <laughs> another roller coaster. <laughs> I want to say it was a roller coaster. I just had that uh, 400 foot drop that the drop never mm. ended. Um, it's just tough, you know. You know, yourself with so many of us mm. in all different industries from the arts yeah. to retail to anything, all of us just lost jobs, lost careers, lost opportunities, lost, lost time. Because time, no matter what, is in essence, yeah. like time is valuable. And you lose time with family, friends. And like I, I went to the stage where I had no work coming in. I was working the other job, and they actually got cut back so we only had a few days here and there compared to your normal mm. week. And couldn't see my family, couldn't see my niece and nephew. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't see my friends, couldn't see my girlfriend, could see literally no one. And it just became very... Isolate, I guess, is the only word I can use. And it was just tough. And I just found myself deteriorating then, like mentally and physically. And yeah, my mindset and everything was going blank. I was just not, I was just a completely different person. And I was just, you know, and yeah. And I'm guessing, like, when all this started happening, like most people at the start of it, people thought, like, oh, in two weeks, everything will be okay. In three weeks, things will be okay. But the longer it went on, the harder it became for people because things weren't going the right way anymore. It just seems like we stuck at home for a long time. And and for you, was it a case of just losing all those outlets that you had, having all those time on your hand that you just couldn't manage? I'm always a busy person. That's the thing. And um, at, the, at the time, and, and I, I think I'm okay. Can I, I think I want to use this word, a funny story. It's because it, this is a funny-ish story. Because um, my girlfriend does listen back, she's going to laugh. So okay. I was only at the time, had met my girlfriend. And we had, how many couple of months into a relationship, everything's gone perfect and still is incredible. Like, and she's, she saved my life and there's only way I can describe that she, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. It wasn't for my family, it wasn't for her. Yeah, was, the work she'd done to help me was, uh, I'd never be able to pay her back for. And uh, we... You know yourself in the relationship. Like mm, you want all the time together. Yeah, enjoy life. And we had just got back from Waterford. It was only our second kind of weekend yeah. away together. You know, like just enjoying life. You know, enjoying the time, mm. experiencing things, and going places we've never been before. And at the time, I remember the cases yes. were quite low, and we were only talking about it down there, going, ah, you know, not thinking much of it. No face mm. masks, none of this malarkey. You know, and you never seen that happening. So we were talking and enjoying ourselves, enjoying life yeah, as you yeah. do. And, and I remember I remember making jokes with Jesus, be interested now and said, Ah this will just fade off, you know. And I, and I remember we were sitting down there and I get a thing on we were sitting in the bar and obviously there's a TV in the far corner and I was saying I got four mm. X many cases and it was at the time like a hundred maybe. And I was like, yeah. Okay. Doesn't <laughs> sound like a lot in a population of five million. Okay. You know, yeah, you push it off. And then That's nothing. We only got back then, and I say we were only back, and I think we were back what four or five weeks, and we went into lockdown, and it just seemed to happen like that, lockdown, thousands of cases, this and that, and you're like, what? So you yeah. had all this time, you had all these plans to do this and that, and all of a sudden was, we didn't see each mm. other for well, how long's the first lockdown? You know, and March till was it four months? Four or five months, four or five, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, it was during the summer when they kind of. Eased off a bit. Yeah, it was four or five months anyway, yeah. And I remember, um, like, during that, I was just down. But at the same time, I was dealing with mental health before I met her as well. So it, it, I could see the little bit of it, yeah. but I was ignoring it. And I was running a lot during mm. the first lockdown. 
Not gonna lie, I actually enjoyed it for a different reason. For some strange reason, I had a stupid <laughs> amount of motivation to get out and run a ridiculous amount. And that was fine. So we, we learned to do all these quiz games. Like a field was in the running team doing like quiz nights. So the first lockdown, because it was new, we were learning to adapt to it. And then... Yeah, everyone was doing quizzes online yeah. and And I'm, everything and I'm not going to lie saying the first lockdown. The first lockdown sucked. I'm not going to lie. It was shit. But it wasn't... When you look at the second and the last two, it was three mm. technique lockdowns. We'll go with three. And I remember then going into then when the things reopened, we got to spend our time together and it did make us closer. You know, and it, because we were more determined to just enjoy life. Do what we missed out on. And yeah. I remember... Yeah when we, were, we went away again and we were down the country in Athlone mm. and I remember being down there and I just wasn't myself. Like I knew I had actually mm. hit a brick wall before I went down and I was trying to hide and I, everyone was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm grand. but I knew deep down, okay, something, let's try and, something is in the back of head, something doesn't seem right. Yeah. And I remember going into the second lockdown and not being able to see her again, not being able to see my niece and nephew who are they're my life, you know. They're anyone that knows me knows how much I love them, and they're my little best pals. You can probably <laughs> see a picture of me with them on, so you know, Instagram, and not yeah. being able to see them, and yeah, you know, different things that happened, and I, and to say, I had a somewhat, I don't want to say control over, you know, I I kind of had my outlook of running, and now all of a sudden was I couldn't even go out with my cameras for an hour or two and block myself away and take some pictures. I couldn't even really go far, and then they're running. I was out one day and I blacked out and I ended up in the middle of the road. Don't know when I don't know when I took the turn. Don't know why I went that way. Okay. Because it wasn't my normal route. I was just sticking to a five K uh, loop of where I am. And I obviously must took a detour. Don't remember how, mm, don't remember mm. why. And I just remember kind of shaking myself while I was standing in the middle of the road with cars beating me. And I sat I got up onto kind of a green and sat and I, I just bawled my eyes up. Whoa. But no one really noticed, and I just felt so alone and so kind of. Now I'm. No one's to blame for that because look, you know, sometimes you're busy. It's hard to notice things around you, you know. And I remember going home and just sitting there. And yeah, I was like, yeah. That was strange. I don't think about it. I went there the next day, and the same thing happened again. What happened there? And I remember ringing my girlfriend. I was freaking out. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I said, I don't know how is it going to happen. And then, to be honest, then it just went like that. And sleep pattern was gone, um, appetite was gone, concentration was gone. I was just to say mm. everything that I blocked out, I tried to ignore what was happening. I had just came back like an absolute truck I had just ran right through me, and it was terrifying. I was, I remember sitting, I remember actually going yeah. over to my girlfriend's house because we were trying to kind of stick. As because she's in the outside the five k at the you know the time, and I ended up going over one of the nights and uh, sitting there, and she was like something's up, and I just bawled me eyes out, and I just had a full on panic attack, like I just, I just couldn't get mm. me on my words. Everything was jumbled, and I was saying something is not right, and, I, and then I remember going home and kind of gone. Everything we alright tomorrow now again. Going to work for the three days was grand. It was great seeing the lads in work. It was kind of you can have a bit of a laugh, but at the same time, there was days I was in there and there was nothing you were doing. Like the place where I was was closed. So you were just there for this, you know. And um, people could be talking to you and they were like, Dave, Dave. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. And I would just, and I would, yeah. And I remember going home one of the nights and I my mom was somewhere. I, I, don't, I don't know. I was just hearing my own. And it was really bad. And I was really, really having a night where, it was just, I did, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I think the only way, and I'm trying to word this without upsetting anyone or triggering anyone, is I took a pen and paper up yeah. and started a plan to write a suicide note. And, sorry, go on. And that was it. That was the plan. And I made the decision. And I just couldn't take the pain anymore. I just couldn't take the it just felt like the inside was just being ripped apart. Yeah. And um And prior to this, so I'm just going back on one before <clears throat> before you passed out on your run, like you, you mentioned that your the signs were there but you just kept on 
you just you didn't think much of it, you just kind of brushed it off. Yeah. And looking back on that, on it now, do you think there was more signs there? Like there was a lot, couple of things that was happening that you just kind of, yeah, n- not dealing with. I don't know if that's the right word, but not dealing with. You know what it's like? It's like if you if something is breaking in the house and you keep putting sellotape or elastic band around. How many elastic bands before they all snap? Yeah. And I think that's the best rag, like, analogy I can use for that. Mm. So that's what I was doing. With your depression, at what point did you think, at what point did it become too much for you to navigate? Um, I'm not having a control, you know, like not having like a, a control over your thoughts in one sense. Like every day you're just like, mm. I'm, I'm in so much pain. I'm just so frustrated, so sick and tired of things, just so sick and tired of feeling this way. And, you know, when it gets to that stage where your concentration levels, your creativity levels, your arti- anything just becomes a blur. And no matter what, mm, and I, mm. I, I always try and say this because this is the post that when I posted on Facebook at the time. Um, I went there before I turned 30 and, I, and saying to myself, not actually planning to be here for me 30. Like that's how far I'd actually not okay. seen myself being there. And geez, I'm so glad I am, but, you know, it just goes to that way, you just, you know, we get from like, okay, in a few weeks' time, we get to this, and I was like, yeah, yeah, but in my head, I couldn't see it, even though I was like, I, I was trying to pump myself up for it, mm. but my mind was like, yeah, that's not going to happen, you know, and it, it was, it was like you were fighting with yourself, you know, and I, I hate saying it like this because some people might have not gone through it or might not be understanding it, are kind of going, Jesus, he's bleeding crazy, you know, it's, it's a, It's not like that. It's just people always say it's different for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. like you, your experience would be different to the next person. So it's not always the same. If it was mm. the same, then Jesus, that'll be easier. But it's not. So, like normally, you, you do have talks going on in your head anyway. But for you, it was a case of it was all just bad things. There was no like the voice in your head was just telling you bad things nonstop. Yeah, it was. You know, like I can say, I am, like I said, nothing else. My nephew was another one. My sister and I would send me, up, you know, pictures they were at the drawing me and, you know, little kind of meshes on it and all. And I actually had a little space over this side of my room. Yeah. And I had like pictures of place and me and girlfriend went to, you know, our selfies, you know, mm. kind of pictures that you'd make you laugh across yeah. silly faces. And then I'd have like pictures of me, my niece and nephew and then the other side then I'd have drawings they made and stuff that my girlfriend sent me that was kind of creative but meaningful as well with little smashes on it and when I felt really really down I tried to keep some to the left of me and some to the right of me that if it happened on one side of the room when I felt like okay I can't physically get up I had something that I could physically pick up and it's like trying to remind yourself of what's actually what the good things are because your mind just shuts it away like it's like you're getting a it's like going blank you know it's hard to see the good so you have to physically remind yourself of the good and that's what it felt like so I had to keep like whether or not it was a picture of me being his nephew or one of their drawings or something my girlfriend sent to me mm. you know it's something close by that I can physically pick up and read or try and look at the picture and try and get that memory back of oh Jesus remember we done that oh my God. and you know it was like kind of reminding yeah. yourself of of the good and what what good is to come and to try and drowning out the negative thinking you know and it was tough jeez it was tough and like, so you're constantly like fighting with your own mind yeah it's trying to pull you back and you're trying to keep focus on look there's good things as well but your mind is just the voice is getting louder oh it's... yeah and um for yourself when did you like you're familiar with the work Pieta House do yeah and and i know you advocate for mental health as well i think i met you two three years ago over in a <laughs> yeah, it was at um yeah Tally, event yeah. over in Kingswood. So mm. you're already familiar with the work and you know that like to do help people. But for you, when your mind was pulling you back in that place, did that thought ever come up? Like, if I ring this place, they might be able to help me, or was it just like? Well, what led me to that point was the night I sat here and I and I made the decision what to end me on life, and I took a piece of paper mm. and. I started with him, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I stopped myself and I just burst crying. And it's like everything around me room, like I've metal displays over this side of all the runs I've done, the marathons, etc. 
nuts and have different little yeah. things here and there. It all just vanished. And you just felt like in this dark place. And I remember sitting there going, and I rang my girlfriend, I was just talking to her and I couldn't get the words out. And she was like, what's going on? And I was like, uh, huh. Um, and I was like, I, not stutter, but you know, he just couldn't physically. And she was like, okay, what's going on? I ended up saying to her, okay, I need to get this out. I need to reach it. I'm going to ring Pay the House. I'm going to, I have to because I want to do something and I now need to make that step. And yeah, it was tough. Like, I know I've been there in the past, but this time around was, I don't know what it was. It was tough. You know, it was. Was it tough to, to make the phone call or was it tough to accept what was happening? Both. It was accept that if I didn't make the phone call, I wouldn't be sitting here now. And that is the brutal honesty mm. of it. Um, it's the brutal honesty of speaking out about it as well. When I say that, the post I put up on Instagram and Facebook, I'm as honest about it as I can and say, look, it was either do or not be here. Yeah. And the fact is I couldn't see me towards, I couldn't see this and all the things I was saying, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be, I, I don't plan on being here. And then, you know, it, it was making the call then to pay the house and then mm. they done an assessment on me and they asked me um, on a scale to say one to 10, what your suicidal thoughts and I said 10. And because I'd been there in the past and had at the time suicidal thoughts mm. gone back years ago and yeah. um, they had someone ring me they said okay we're going to be on a wait list for my local area um, which is grand because there's only a five minute walk from my house so in the time frame I've been waiting to get an appointment they rang me mm. every day near enough every day or every second day checked in up on yeah. me asked me the same question asked me if I got someone around have I got someone that's on call they took my mother's number off me and my girlfriend's number off me so if I didn't answer a call they rang the next person to see where I was and yeah I remember she's getting a call I was facing the end of the week say that was a Monday I made the call Monday by Friday mm. I had an appointment they arranged to have me in my local local piano's and it just mm. so and I, mm. I know people have the there's been a lot of kind of I don't want to say mixed meshes of bad yeah just mm. yeah you know people have had their their experience with piano house and other organizations for different reasons but not everyone had and they have saved so many people you know, especially when I look here, the, the rate of suicide was extremely high. I think it still is. I'm not mm, too sure, mm. but they went above and beyond. And I remember going in and said, I, I'm quite happy naming my counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because she was an absolute angel. Uh, she really is an absolute, like, uh, to say the help she, she done for me was incredible. And Wendy was just like, t- every week I was still kind of between eight and nine, you know, the, mm. the, the thoughts and um, it was just I think after the first maybe 10 minutes you know when you have this nervousness when you sit there and you're about to start talking and like it was just a flow down me you know and I and uh, sorry to cut across you and you know during from the time you made a contact and the day you went in for your appointment how was those four or five days in between like did you once you made a phone call was that like a big way off your shoulder or was that yeah so you kind of felt like it, you've took that big step. Yeah, it's um, what's the saying? Can't run a ma- can't run before you can walk. And um, yeah, somebody said that once. <laughs> and that's the way I looked at it. You know, I yeah. I said to myself, right, when I done the marathon a couple of years ago, I trained for. It. I didn't just go and do a ridiculous mm. amount of distance. So I said, this was my logic behind it, where I have to start here to get to back to myself again and. And it was mad because I, oh, I remember I put the post up on, on, on social media when I actually started it. And the people messaged me saying, she's never taught me. And it was incredible in the sense that the people reaching out to me wasn't just air age. There was people in their 40s, 50s and 60s messaging me on, and talking about their, themselves and their family and how, you know. And it's incredible how when one person talks about it and likes to do these kind of podcasts and and people reaching out online it has brought people kind of more together you know it, we're, we're slowly getting rid of that not getting rid of but we're slowly breaking that kind of taboo of oh we can't really talk about it oh it's you know mm. and I, your question there about the few days between the call the first call I made and then when I got my actual appointment to start other than being tough it was 
I think I made it diff- more difficult in my head before I made the call. No, when I made the call going, geez, that wasn't that hard. You know, it wasn't that. I was like, I, I worked that up way too much. And yeah, like the, the story you told yourself was like a lot, a lot louder than what happened after you made the call. Like, hmm. like the scenario you played in your mind was probably of all sorts. Yeah, I think it was known I had to kind of talk to bosses and work and stuff. And I was kind of trying to figure that one out. But I, I won't okay. say, yeah, you know, I won't mean where I am, but they couldn't have been any more helpful and more supportive towards it. Um, and I think being mm-hmm. so open about around work, it kind of allowed people to talk as well. And because it's mostly a lot of men as well, and yeah. a couple of girls, but it showed that kind of like, well, I was so honest about it. And I was just saying, I could go into work with lads, I'm on a shit day. And, you know, they kind of after a while could see it and they were just having a laugh and trying to, Mm, trying to help mm. as much as they can with little kind of jokes and you know funny little memes and you know little things like that you know and it it, it does go a long way because yeah. it's it's pe- people have a different way to help and i think any little way is incredible people whether mm. they send a joke or just ask well how's things how's your day and they're like oh well, do you want a coffee you know if you need that and we go you know and it's amazing i think the one thing the way like the Pierre de House and, and the other organizations go about it is they really treat it as just a conversation. Um like you go in for your hour session and it just feels like having a cup of tea with someone without having a cup of tea. You know, yeah. and it's you just sit there and you just feel so relaxed. Like the way their office is, their rooms are they're very homey. So mm. you really feel <laughs> just at ease completely. And I couldn't I couldn't speak any more highly about them because you know what? Yeah. They are and um, when you walked in, like, was it a case, like, for you, did you find the heart open up? At first, yes. Well, you're already familiar with them, so... Yeah. I know opening up is always difficult, but when you went back in this time, was it, do you just go in and start throwing everything out, or was it <laughs> taking your time to... I, I, hmm. Because your mind's probably telling you, yeah. don't say anything. You know, your mind's probably telling you... <laughs> No, don't say that. Don't say that. You, <laughs> the mind you, you want to. mysterious <laughs> ways, doesn't it? <laughs> um, no, I'm going to be yeah. honest. I think... <laughs> it's like, no, we're not saying that. Don't say <laughs> it, that. It works in, you know, unusual ways. But, we, you know, it, it's, <laughs> I think it took me a bit of time um, just to kind of get comfortable, you know, that, mm. you know, they're here yeah. to help. There's no judgment, no, you know, mm. they're not, no one's going to think of different or, and it took me a bit like a session or two to really open up. And then after that, then it was a, a phase of getting through things. And then they were giving me different exercises to do to kind of help with clearing the mind. And, you know, a little kind of exercise to do myself here with, you know, writing um positive words. Because not only you say I can't, where they're saying no, instead of can't, you have to say can. And I know it sounds silly and all, but they are the most important mm. things. Because if you tell yourself you can't, you're gonna it's going to literally just eat into you. You know, it's yeah. You know, yeah. The words we use play a big part, definitely. And when you um, you know yourself, there's a big stigma around well, mental health, and there's always it comes with a bit of shame as well. Well, it shouldn't, but it does. That's that's the reality of it, and uh, the current reality of it. And do you think? Did you ever feel shameful, like knowing that you're going there? You know what? I'm gonna be brutally honest. No, um, no. And the reason for that was, I actually felt, I said to me, you know what, and this is going to sound completely mad, but I said to myself, other than doing this for myself, I'm doing this for people like my niece and nephew, because they're only still young, and I said to myself, if they see that, because they're so inquisitive, they're so, you know, they see things quicker yeah. than we realise, and I said to myself, I want them to see how we, how we, the, how there's so much help out there, mm. and when they're older, if they ever need it, that if I did it, and they can do it, and I and I know it probably sounds a bit silly, but that's the reason why I felt no shame because I knew I needed that. And you know, you go, you know, you go to a physio if you've messed your knee up running, or you go to physio hurt your back, or yeah, whatever it may be. So this mm. is, and you look for sympathy as well. <laughs> and some people do, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. I can't reach that now, but now it is, and yeah, I just, and I say to anyone who maybe listen to this or maybe need help. There's no shame, nothing. Don't ever feel shame. Don't feel annoyed about yourself or don't feel like you've failed or nothing like that. It actually makes you stronger 
to reach out. It, it shows how strong you are that you know you need it. You know, and it shows how yeah. how you want to feel better in yourself to to get help because there's no there's no mm. shame, nothing. And no one should feel it. I know it's perfectly fine to feel nervous, um, have an obsessed tummy, oh, yeah. feel shy, uh, you know, feel confused. That is easy. Not easy, but that is what is expected. You're expected to feel nervous at first or yeah. you're trying to get yeah. familiar with what the setup is and, and your counsellor. And no matter what, being nervous is, is perfectly fine. But don't feel ashamed. Don't feel annoyed. Don't feel angry at yourself or don't think anyone mm-hmm. else is going to be angry because they're not. They want... Everyone wants to see their their loved ones or their friends, their family, healthy, healthy, happy and healthy and safe. And if it meant getting the help from Piedra House or Jigsaw or Samaritans or mm. the other organizations for many different things, you know, your AA, your, your gambling, all them things, there's nothing to be ashamed of. You should be proud of yourself for for yeah. saying, okay, something is, is not right in your head. Holding your hand and say to yourself, right, I know something is not right. I'm going to go get help to get that something that's not right to be right again. And people should be proud of themselves to to get the help because at the end of it, yeah, the outcome is they they get the help and they get the the knowledge to you know when they're feeling unsure about things to kind of help balance things out because you know yourself when you're stressed and you're with anxiety the imbalances <laughs> you're like that yeah. you know you you don't have your coming and going and Pieta House and other organisations help you to balance that out for whether it's warding exercises or breathing exercises or you know, whatever it may be, and it's the little things they might tell you to do that you wouldn't think of yourself. Yeah, and I think we'll forget that, like, you, you experience it yourself. Once you reach out, the support is around. But when you're in that stage and your head is telling you yeah. all sorts of things um, just to kind of hold on to something, like you, you, talk, you talked about the pictures uh, that you used to look at just to kind of remind you, like, this is reality like not what's happening in your mind yeah yeah and we pierre house when you used to go in that's once a week isn't it yeah it was um it was been times where they'd bring me if i was in a bad state they'd ring me during the week and do a small kind of a even over the phone me if i couldn't get into the office and because of covid as well some of the weeks due to high numbers you may have to do your session over the phone and then you can go into the office the next week and in fairness it was grand at first like that else and I hope you don't mind me saying this, that some places will do because of COVID, they might do it offer virtually, over the phone or in person. I done yeah. two out three them. I done in person and over the phone. And over the phone is daunting at first, but find a nice spot in your house, you know, somewhere that you're comfy sitting. And that's my advice to some, that if mm. they, because of COVID, they may say, look, unfortunately this week, can we do it over the phone due to any particular reason? Um, just any advice to someone who who was in that situation just to get a comfy spot in the house you know if they can't be in the house go to somewhere that they know they can have peace and quiet for the hour because it's no different than meeting them in person mm-hmm. once you have a comfy spot just relax and it'll just flow through like normal you know and it's once you get talking yeah yeah everything start coming together and uh, when did how long did it take for you to kind of start uh, seeing yourself again oh um i remember it was nearly a month or so into it, i was quite kind of up and down and then i started kind of mm. changing a few things and then things started to ease up a little bit where i could see family and friends you know i think that was one of the biggest helps as well um and then i think it was so i started in january february i think coming into march i was starting to see the slight improvements so it was two two months in and mm. I started to see the slight kind of, I was having the weeks where if I was saying an eight, I was saying, oh, I'm seeing a four and a five. And out of 10, that's really good compared to being at yeah. 10. And going into late March towards your birthday, um, I think it was more of a, I remember Wendy saying to me, said, uh, do you know what day it is? And I, I wasn't even thinking, you know, I was like, oh, it's me counselling, you know. And uh, Friday at the time, man. She's like, yeah, but she said, you know what day it is though? And it's just, yeah. <laughs> I know it was me tort now, but you know, I was like, I didn't know if that's where you were going. And I was like, yeah, it's, and she goes, it's your tortured. And I goes, yeah. And she goes, do you remember what you said to me in January? And he goes, you're still here today. And so, and I remember that moment I went, it was like a not a reading moment, but you know, when that was kind of like, oh, you're sitting there going, shit. Mm. And I was like, 
I kind of laughed at it, but I'm going, oh yeah. Because at the start, I, I said I'd never seen that. And he, for a turn, he goes, Whoa. look what day it is. <laughs> and she goes, think about how far you've now came in that two, two months you've been here. And I think that was the real kind of like, I want to say push, if you get me, like a, a real kind of a, and after then. You can keep going like. Yeah. And after then, like, the following weeks after going into the end of March and April, I was really seeing. And then I remember in eight, the start of April, she had said to me that, She'd like to see me kind of seeing one or two weeks without doing it to see how I'd really handle it. And I remember having one week I, I yeah. didn't do it. And it felt strange, but I could turn to my girlfriend or, you know, go for a walk or, you know, things like that. And even if I couldn't travel down to the country to see me, I, I was still kind of doing the little things to kind of go, well, okay. And then I remember going into it and we were talking and she goes, oh, we have two more sessions and I think you're able to finish up. Then anxiety kicked in. So, then, you know, I was like, oh, shit. Because you come so... Yeah. I, I allowed myself to get used to it. You're not used to it, but, you know, relying. And then we went through different stages. She's done, like, a questionnaire at me. Yeah, yeah. You know, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about the future. And it was incredible to say out of five... Say she was at a five. I can't remember the top of my head. And I'd say it was out of five or out of ten. And I was saying all high numbers. You know, how I see it and how I feel now. And she was like, do you even notice your... And I was like, mm. yeah. And she's like, how... If I had asked you these questions at the start, what would you tell me? And I just shrugged my shoulders and said, probably not, probably one, two. And I remember she rang me um, the week I was meant to have me next session and she said to me and said, um, I'd like to kind of talk now before the next session that I really think going over since you started to now, I'd, rec- I'd love to finish it, sign you off if that's what you're into. Now I went there and we had our session and I actually said, yeah. And I said, I feel a hell of a lot better. I I feel my mind's has been getting clearer now. Like my my thinking has has mm. gone the way it should be, which is not judging everything I do and not now. Look, we have our days where like, uh, can I? Should I? Yeah. And oh, yeah. you have to kind of yeah. kick yourself yeah, going. No, you can remember. <laughs> like you know, and yeah. <laughs> I remember the day I finished, and I think I cried with happiness, not sadness, because I just felt so proud, you know, mm. and I felt so like I just. It, it was crazy, you know, and it just, your mind just sits there and goes, just think, you know, I went for a nice walk after I finished, where I, I normally sit, if I was having a bit of shit that I sat, and I just sat, listened to water, and I just went, <sighs> and it was like just the show, something like that, and it was, it, it was just, it was just crazy how, calm and peace, it just took for something like that, and that's why I just say to anyone, please, 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 reach out to somebody, like we have, through yourself there or they can contact me or they can contact yourself through your, your own page so many numbers so many organizations and charities and and mm. people who can help and i just played with anyone who is at the moment struggling um whether that's anxiety at work or family or financial or anything that's causing them to be anxious or having to going through the depression and, and negative thinking and and contemplation of not being i just played with anyone just please reach out because I'll I'll hold my hand a bit. I never plan to be here now. And here I am now. You know, here I am. Yeah, I have my good days, I have my bad days. But compared to start of the year compared to last year, I can ha- I can mm-hmm. handle it. I can I can kinda of balance I can tell myself, right, try this, try that, and let's get the balance back to like this again. And it's like a way, you know, when you do it like a field graph, like a you put too much on one side, it goes like that. And that's what it's like. That's all. Just think of that analogy in your head going, okay, I have to take a little bit off here, put it here to get a bite. And that's all it is. It's it's mm. replacing one bad thing with a good thing. And it's, I know I'm probably rambling on, but like, it, it's, you know. <laughs> no, it's I, fine. I completely sympathize with anyone who is so uncertain and is not sure how it can help and, it can because listen to these podcasts and listen to to other people who've gone through it it can help and i know it's difficult i know it's daunting mm-hmm. i know it's it's terrifying i know and it's all them things but it's worth it in the long run and because look our minds yeah you know we we're going through a very troubling time and we're still going through a very you know we're it's been a tough two years for everyone out there and we god only knows how long this is going to be continue for and no matter what you have to look after your your mental health. That is a priority, you know. Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of uh, external pressures 
that people are putting on themselves. Yeah. Day to day, which is contributing today. Like, was that a was that a case for you? Did you put like X amount of pressure on yourself? Trying to, I guess, figure out how. You know, <laughs> what's my mom always says to me? How you can't control something you've no control over, which would be COVID. You know, how are you gonna? How's this and how that? And she always said, stop trying to control something that even the the most professional people can't control. Mm. You know, just because I'm so used to traveling or so used to yeah, just go out, go traveling in the country or whatever it may be and working and, and being behind the camera on shoots and stuff like that. Like it, all these things. And then it was just, I guess, incredible to see how everyone adapted to it mm. during the first lockdown, especially, you know, with online bingos and quiz nights. And, and we all done that ourselves, our running team as well. We done quiz nights. And yeah, I still yeah. think a lot of that <laughs> probably saved a lot of people because it gave them something to look forward to, you know, and they, you know, Tuesday night bingo or Tuesday night quiz or something like, you know what I mean? It, it's the little yeah, things like yeah. that. And, and I think we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves to uh, try, and con- try and control mm. the uncontrollable, which would be, like I said now, COVID. And I always say, just look after yourself and your loved ones and take it day by day yeah. because I done the opposite. <laughs> That's what put me into a spiral. <laughs> I was freaking myself out over something I had no control over. Yeah. And do you think one of the things that contributes to uh, depression is loss of connection with people and I'm sure with COVID happening that was happening quite a lot for a lot of people and uh, if you didn't have the support that you once had all of a sudden you like yourself like you felt like everything is gone and now you just there's nothing to replace it with so your mind starts to play and well start to play games with you (laughs) and do you think as a society, like as a whole, in terms of connecting with people, do you think that we're getting further apart from each other or are we getting closer to each other? Jeez, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, <laughs> in your opinion, like obviously when you reached out, a lot of people uh, reached to you. Yeah. That was because you reached out. But it must have taken you some courage to reach out because normally um, no one wants to reach out because you think, well, there's a lot of judgment and you probably think that no one really cares. But that's just a perception that people have. I think what it is, is there was a lot of copying and pasting. <laughs> and what a sense of deleting it, redoing it, deleting it, redoing it. I'm yeah. trying to think, oh, uh, should I be doing this? But no, yeah, I'm trying to word how I'm going to word this question. <laughs> I, I think, especially social media has its pros and cons. And I think we, we try and equal ourselves to a lot of people. I should have this, I should be doing this because they're doing it. Where I think people just need yeah. to be themselves. You know, if they speak about how they're feeling or they're saying that, geez, you know, someone reaches out to a neighbor or their friend and say, it's been tough, hasn't it? You know, and it's, I think if it's a simple conversation as how did you feel during this can really open a, open a, a whole floodgate for people, you know, and I just think that I, yeah, I guess one of the things we've all seen you know, but connecting was look how, look at what came of, you know, people doing um, movie nights in the gardens, someone having like a projector and all the locals just sit in the garden. I think that stuff like that brought people together. Mm. And I think it's lost now. Yes, definitely. I think once everything has kind of started reopening and, and things, I, I, I want to use the term normal because look, we get not, what is normal anymore? Like it's, it's normal as what you make it to be, <laughs> you know, and it's, what some people might do is unnormal to yeah, someone else. The, the and, you word. know, it's unusual. So mm. I think a lot of that stuff should have still happened. I think we should have been highlighting it more. You know, people need to come together. Mm. It's it's not about it's not about yeah. materialistic things. I think we connect on, on the same level, which is just being good human beings and talking to one another, having a cup of coffee, going for a walk. You know, I know it's cold, but look, try a jacket on. You know, if you want to go for a walk, it's throw a hat and a scarf on. You know, it's fresh air is the best thing you're going yeah. to get. And a simple walk with a friend or a neighbor for a coffee or whatever it may be. I, I always say, like, I it, I guess in one sense, when I did start putting the posts up and being so honest, I couldn't believe, as I said, the age demographic that people are getting back to me on or messaging me or leaving me posts on Instagram and Facebook about. And it, yeah, it's just crazy when you're seeing people could be going to the 40s and 50s and they're sitting there going I won't talk about this you know I'm going through for X amount of years and 
I'm afraid to speak out about it because I feel like I've let mm. people and you're like, no, you know, people are going to be proud of you. Speak out, you know, speak up and ask for help, ask for support. Yeah, yeah. I hope to ask, answer some of that question because that was a tough question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. For for most of us, uh, especially men, like we would have grown up with the idea that not to show emotions and if that's what you're raised with, like whether you're 40 or 50, that's still a big belief that you have and if you if there's a big stigma around something that you're going through, you're going to find it difficult to reach out. Because you, you're also thinking, like, if you have a family, you're thinking, oh, am I letting them down? Because you're appearing, well, say the word weak. It's not weak, but people will think it's weak. But essentially, like, we have to remember that, like, without your mental health, you don't really have, you don't really have much. Like, I don't think so anyway. If your head gets the better of you, it could bring it to a bad place. Absolutely. And it could cause you to have no motivation to get up and walk or no motivation to get up and make food. or It can affect everything. Mm. you know it, it can go all the way down your body and it can affect your m- movement it can affect your your energy levels so that's why i always say it mm. is one of the most important things and we i think even for us for men and i don't want to I, I really don't want to sound like i'm i'm singling out anyone i'm not i'm just saying especially for men i even think even saying this i'm sounding like a feckin single people out here <laughs> <laughs> but i'm not now i just say especially for men because it is very hard and Especially even for like the teenagers now, like it's it's a tough time. It is for so many people, and I give credit to anyone like yourself and all for just bringing highlights to these issues because I think the more and more people who speak out, this whole yeah view of speaking about mental health, this whole oh you know that was one day in the next generation possibly disappear, you know and it's yeah I, there's been so many movements for different things, and I just believe this could be one as well where. Let's get people to speak, you know, let's let's just ask how your brother, your sister, your your mate, your you know, your cousin, your whatever it may be, the larger work mate, if you just ask a simple how's things? Yeah, all right, yeah, you know, it's how you keeping, you know. What what are some of the habits you've taken on now to uh, to keep you balanced that you didn't have before? You're very active, like you've always done running, so that wouldn't be anything new <laughs> for you. Um. Okay, funny enough. Hang on. I hope I'm gonna do this right in the camera because I want to uh, move a little bit. Sorry. Um, I, especially with the photography. Um, I created a project mm. while during lockdown, and I actually done it through how my mind was. So I, you probably seen some of my work through the crystal ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um. There's only one other person. Actually, two people, sorry, two kind of close family members and partner that actually know the reason why I started this. So, everything that I done through the crystal ball, I created a project called The Curious Adventures of the Crystal Ball. And ironically enough, it's actually gotten really popular, which is kind of strange. So, <laughs> That's I've, been very, I've been very, I've very lucky. I want to say very, very extremely lucky to have both books and calendars and they've all sold out. And the reaction I've gotten from people because it's so unusual to see it being done. But there's actually a backstory behind it. So the reason why I've done it is because when I had days where I could have been walking down the street to work or just out in my local area to get some a juice or whatever, maybe mm. a, a smoothie, that I used to just feel like I was stuck in one place and everything around me was just flown. But I was stuck in that one place. And everything around me was just moving past me like, I, you know, I... I was just stuck, you know, like in a matrix, like you're just stuck mm. in one area. And that's where, if you look at the, how the crystal ball is done, is everything around it is blurred, but the center of attention is what's in the ball. And that is how I felt. So I decided to, to put it into the project. And this is the first time I've actually ever explained how the, the crystal ball project actually came along. Mm. Sounds- and <laughs> it's not just a simple, it's not just a simple, oh, let's give this a go. I actually thought about it for a long time. Tried to figure it out for a long time. Bought one. Messed around with it on a flower and in the house and down the road for me mm. and blah, blah, blah. And I ended up sitting there creating a, a, an entity behind it. And there was actually a story behind it. As how I felt when I used to have my really, really mm. bad days. And it now turned into a positive, which is a whole new project that people just seem to love Definitely, seeing. Yeah. It's unusual. And 
I'd be out doing pictures in different areas. Like I was in Kilkenny a few days ago and people just looking as I'm doing that and people do ask you. And I say, I go on to my page and, and see how it's done then. Because it, I turned, to me, that was a way of turning my bad days and my bad months and the bad time I was going through into something that I love doing and my passion, which is being behind a camera. Mm. And I, I decided to turn the whole kind of, I guess in one, it probably not making a hell of a lot of sense, but I just, in my mind, it makes sense, which is turning my neg- negative, to, yeah, you know, into what I love doing now and being able to kind of just express myself now again to my work. Mm. Yeah, no. Where I couldn't do for so long because I was in a, I was in a, a, a block and today I would twist it into a, okay, I'm, I'm being different with my work again. I, I'm being creative and it's amazing because people write stories and they might write poetry about tough times or perfect example of that is Christy Moore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all his stuff is about the troubles and, you know, <laughs> it sounds probably silly, but you know, people write poetry about yeah. the tough times, the good times. And, I, mm. and maybe it was my way of kind of going as a photographer, can I turn that into something? something. And yeah. that was my way of, that was my way of doing it. And, it, it, it makes yeah, you know, I did. I did see the ball. I did see, I was like, that's pretty cool, but I didn't know there was a, a little story behind it. <laughs> that's the first time I really kind of publicly said, I think I was going to keep yeah. it to myself, but when I see when you talk, when we talked about doing this podcast, I kind of said to my, my girlfriend, going, I might tell that story, and it probably won't make any sense to anyone, but <laughs> you know, I, I say people I've seen the ball, I just like, like myself, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. But I didn't know there was like a meaning behind it, which is good. It's good. <laughs> Adds value to it. It, it. I guess it was. It a, definitely does. Yeah. It, it was just trying to. I'm not. Uh, I write for different things, but like, I wouldn't be a good at poetry. And so it's it's my way of. It's my form of poetry, which is showing the truth what I love to do. Because everyone who yeah, is good at art. an art, or whether or not it's drawing and running, mm. or writing music, or playing guitar, or being a drummer, or whatever it may be use that to your advantage because you can express yourself and it helps more than I think people realise and I think it helped me more than I ever realised as well because it gave me an outlook that I never knew existed and yeah, now that outlook is it doesn't now don't get me wrong when I do it I don't think of that bad like I don't oh this is the reason why. I actually just love doing that so I always say to people when we talk about the arts industry especially I say well express yourself mm you know that's it that that's a big thing be yourself be you don't don't be what other people want you think what want you to be just be the person you are as a, and that is all people want from you they want you to be happy healthy and safe so i think that's the only yeah, way i can word it yeah ramble on <laughs> and, I, and i think if you <laughs> i think if you're expressing yourself it's a different type of energy that you have because you're not you're just doing it because you enjoy it. You're not doing it because you're trying to meet certain expectation. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that and that's what makes people tired over time. Yeah. I think, yeah. And uh, so going forward now for yourself, you have uh, enough tools to manage your health, your mental health a lot better from your experience. I absolutely. And I look, I'm not going to sit there and go, everything is rosy. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, 100% no. You have your good and bad days. Yeah, and you would, yeah. I, yeah, I hope to, I, can I, I just want to share something really small what I, before I just answer that question probably is, yeah. when I finished up in Pierre House, um, mm. I ended up going through a lot of health issues then. And I had to go get a lot of blood done. I was very lightheaded all the time and I do put it down to everything I've gone through with the depression and the, and the contemplation, I think it takes a massive toll on your body. So I mm. will say to anyone is when they do their counseling and then they're happy then when they do finish and that just to take it easy. Don't, if you have your days where you're feeling a bit, you know, under the weather, that's part of it. Your body's been through the war. It's been through a lot of emotion, a lot of confusion. Mm. It's been through a lot of panic and stress. And your body, now I'm not saying everyone, but I was, it happened to me and I, for quite a while I was in a, a very, I, I was struggling with my health. 
I had to go back and forth to the doctor. I ended up in hospital as well. And um, a lot of that was down to just anxiety and severe stress. And yeah, it was like going through a war. You know, like it's, mm. you know, your your mind feels better. But then it's the rest of your body who's like, hang on. He's good. Now help, you know. And I do say. Yeah, yeah. Because like for months and you've just been going up and down, up and down. Because going from the lack of sleep, if you lose your appetite, that all comes back, you know, and you need mm. your sleep, you need to eat well, like it's all these things, you know, and it does come back to you, it does, it may take a while, but it could, you know, you might feel it under the weather and now... Take time with yourself, take time for yourself and... Absolutely, absolutely, and don't, the one thing Pierre has said to me was, if I ever need it again, it's just a phone call away. And thankfully, I haven't. Now, I found myself in a situation a month or two ago. Mm. I was contemplating it. Not where I was, but was just contemplating, do I need it again? Now, thankfully, I didn't. Um, I went through just my own steps with them and, you know, try different things. And, yeah. And I'm not on any medication. I'm, I have a need to be, which I'm so great. I'm so thankful for. Um. I went in with the other option of counselling. So, I hopefully now, it's just a talking, you know, being more aware to what... Expressing yeah, yourself. You know, it's yeah, just talking. <laughs> you know, reaching out to family and friends and the girlfriend and stuff and saying, what we do, we go for a nice walk somewhere or we go, you yeah, know. Yeah. It, it helps and it's a, it is a long road. You know, it's a road to have dealing with not dealing with it's a road of counseling then you have then the road to if your health's a bit you know up and down because of your stress it it's a it takes time but it's it's worth it and i wouldn't i if i can say on mm. else is anyone who's thinking about getting the help trust me it's worth it it's probably the best decision you'll make which would be reaching out and my best decision it'd be damn sure it'd be the best decision you'll ever make yeah <laughs> like i'm not gonna lie it's don't be afraid. Totally. Don't be shy. <laughs> Don't just people no, want you to be no. you, and that, if that's you reaching out, then people will love the fact that you did it. They love you no matter what. And I always say that to people. Don't don't be afraid. It's okay to not be okay, as they say. As they say, yeah, yeah. And uh, what does well-being mean to you? Oh, um, well-being. I think looking out for one another. You know, being. Not afraid to ask someone if you think they're having a bad day, just saying, fancy going for a coffee or fancy, you know, meeting up on your day off or whatever it may be. And I think well-being is just taking time for yourself. Not being afraid to say, I'm having yeah. a bad day, I'm going to go for a nice coffee and sit in the park or I'm going to go to meet a friend for a dinner or you're going to go to the gym or you're going to whatever it may be. You're going to sit on the beach mm. in warm weather or in the freezing cold. If it makes you happy, sure, why not? You know, and it's... We're Irish. We'd be grand. Yeah. And how it's... We, we we don't worry too much about the cold. <laughs> <laughs> but now, well-being to me is just looking out for number one. And that's yourself. Yeah. And um, what's one thing you're proud of? Being here. Um, I think just being here right now. Sweet. Uh, I know there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. I know there's a lot of... We don't know what's happening. There's a lot of negative news and, you know. Yeah, stop watching um, the news. <laughs> but being here, abs- I, st- I got rid of news. I, Jesus, that was my biggest downfall. Stop watching the news. <laughs> Look, stop watching guilty. the news, people. <laughs> so, it's all just the same malarkey all the time. There's no positive. Just, I don't know, follow. If you're a dog lover, just follow dog pages on Instagram. Life is yeah, good again. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, follow funny videos. and You know, the little things, but now it's... Being yeah. here today, and that's been on the subject. It's, it's not making that decision I nearly made. Mm. You know, I I planned to make, and I'm so I'm so glad I didn't. And I'm glad you didn't. I know, I I would have missed so much. I would have, yeah, I I, I would have missed something. I would have. Life's too. Life's too. You know, life's too mm. important. And let's enjoy it. Yeah, it's just just being yeah. here. You know, do the little things, travel, something. Go look at flowers, go Christmas shopping, whatever it may be. Just 
just reach out before mm. you know if you really feel yourself getting there where you're contemplating if it's worth it reach out yeah just reach out to somebody you trust reach out to somebody that like pay the house that's all I'll say being here is probably one of the proudest things of can say now mm. and just being able to speak to you and being able to just feel like I'm living the best I can live at the moment you know at, at what we can live at the moment making the most of it that's it that's it and I think uh, there's a uh, yeah everyone has like expectation of like a successful life but it's different to everyone you know if getting up in the morning is what you call it success then that's successful life I think what was it there was um there was a video I can't remember what it was wasn't there a guy speaking about if you get up in the morning and wake your bed and make your bed you've you've succeeded in, on your day or something like that and oh, I remember there's a video I seen a very long time I was like an old army sergeant or something like that mm. and I don't know where it was possibly and he talked about how you get up in the morning you have your breakfast you make your bed you've already uh, you've already smashed your day or you've already achieved your day and it's all but it's getting up yeah you know and and putting the feet on the floor and stepping up and he said you've already achieved your day by just doing that one step and oh, geez i haven't seen the video i remember seeing a oh god a long time ago and i like that you know that's <laughs> it was a simple a simple like get up and make your breakfast you've succeeded that's how simple you know, life can be <laughs> You know, leave your house, you know, you get in your car, you've su- and to drive to work or to drive somewhere, you've succeeded. You you get up and you walk your dog, you succeed and it was just all those little things. Oh jeez, I have to I have to find that video on Sensi because I I have to try and remember what was <laughs> yeah. what was the name of it. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just such a most random thing, but I was like, eh. I say if you're watching now you, everything is gonna be more clearer for you. You know what if I could say one thing, someone to follow for this is um Tyson Fury. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I love he's he's so uh just because you know what I'm a huge fan of him just because of everything he does mm. for mental health. Take his box and never take him out. He just seems like a random, funny, hilarious man. But I love his way of life. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he doesn't want being a millionaire doesn't mean anything to him. And he was there was a video on he he was into just for his last fight. He said he knows a lot of millionaires who don't want to be alive anymore. And the way he said it was, you could they could you could drop a hundred thousand on the ground, that would mean everything to you. But to these people, they want the next one hundred thousand. They're never satisfied. He said, I don't want that. And the way he was warding, I was sitting there going, I love the way he, everything is about mental health, being powerful within yourself mm. and, and and talking. And I actually reading his book at the moment, his autobiography, and it's an eye opener. He he doesn't leave out into the he he just says it as it is, and I think someone like yeah. a big name like him, when you see him being so open, they're the people you inspire to be. They're the people that inspire you. They're the people that motivate you. You know, you want someone to motivate you in your time. I'd say follow him, because mm. I just think there's something very powerful about him. You know, that's just my opinion. Like, yeah, even after boxing, I say he's still going to be advocating for mental health because it seems to be really, um, really spoken about it. I think that's when you mentioned the news, delete the news and read an autobiography. Yeah. You know, it's funny because they do actually help. Tony Robbins is another one I follow. And he has analogies of living, you know, living in a box life and all. It's fantastic how he words and all. And it's very true when you read it. You kind of go, oh, yeah, very true. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, That makes sense. I kind of... That's a bit of a kick in the head now, isn't it? Like trying to change that a little <laughs> bit. Like, and it's it's mad. Like, I think, I think we've all become so obsessed with, you know, what is going on, and we forgot about what's more important, which is just living in that moment. You know, going to a park, going to a beach, going to a, a night away, or just going out with your friends for a pint and a, a laugh is more important than anything else. Mm. You know, it's. I think we forget about that at times, I think. You do, you do. We become so reliant on, you know, materialistic things in one sense, you know. I think we follow the wrong people, you know. I think there's too many people out there and I think people out there do try and match what they're doing. I think there's more, 
was it just because something you see on the Instagram might not be the real thing behind the screen, you know? And it's oh yeah, totally, totally. Like there's a someone says like if the person you're following is making you insecure, you're following the wrong people. Hundred percent. It's that simple, like <laughs> you know. Sure. Look, follow yeah. someone who says after rest after buying a load of uh, crabs, throws them into the water, and then goes. I feel good about saving a human life. I'm going to have a steak. <laughs> you should follow Tyson Fury just for that reason. <laughs> David, thank you very much. Not thank you. It. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a quick review on my Facebook page. Don't be afraid to talk or DM me on Instagram. The show notes will include all of the relevant links from today's episode. If you haven't already, please download, leave a rating and share with your friends. You might just reach that person who needs to hear this message. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I am James Lumumba, signing off with gratitude.